So I appreciate you guys hanging in here with us through this month. Uh, on Wednesday nights, we're offering some financial classes called uh, Financial Peace by Dave Ramsey. It's really killer. I had my apprehensions when I came here Wednesday nights. I was like, oh, Dave Ramsey. It's all about, you know, retiring a millionaire. That's what this is going to be about. And it's not, you know. We went through that first, that first, uh, that first session this past uh, Wednesday, and it was killer. It's made me and Jamie sit down and say, okay, crap, we have to evaluate where we're going as a family and our finances and, and kind of the plan here. So come on Wednesday nights here to the church. Uh, we're going to do four of the 13 weeks of financial peace in this room. We've got a bunch of tables, and, uh, and it's a really good time to really take a look at, uh, look at, just, at just our personal finances and take a look at some, some wise decisions we can make with that. So... Uh, along with the, the building, one of the, the, the big milestones that we have coming up as a church is we have to enter into escrow uh, with the title company to, uh, I'm using words I don't even understand, uh, to purchase this building. It's something about escrow. Anyway, we need 3500 bucks uh, so that we can start the process of buying this building. So immediately, starting April 1st, we need that money um, so that we can... Uh, go into that with the, the people that we're renting, renting this building from. So last week, we, uh, we started out this series of stewardship, and, and Billy did the parable of the tenants, and he did the parable of, uh, of the shrewd manager, and we talked about how all, all resources are, are God's. They're the master, and a master expects a return on his investment, what he's given. And so we had to look at our lives, look at God's blessing, and say, you know, what is it that, uh, what is it that God is calling? And, and we challenged to give. Someone's given ahead of time. Thank you. Um, before conviction sets in, that's good to do. Um, this is our, 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 our fishbowl that we're going to be using to collect money just for escrow of the building. So if you want to give toward helping us start this process, it's going to be right here. If it's a check, please make it out to escrow or building so that we know it's different from the general tithe. So this is building. This is offering general general tithe. So when you come to the communion table, this table is set up to have this, but glass bowl would be escrow. Last week, we kicked this thing off, and out of that, we gave 1400 bucks. Get a whoop whoop. Come on. $1,400. That's killer for us as a church, you know, to, to come together and to give that. Really not like coming prepared to give that, you know. That was just like, like boom, I know I can give this. And so now we've had a week to think about it and digest it. And me and Jamie have gone home and we're like, okay, honey, like God's calling us to step up here. If we're going to give, something's got to go. You know, like it's not like, oh, yeah, that savings account that we've just got that money piled in. We'll take out of that. You know, it's like Josh's beer fund. Oh, yeah, that's gone. You know, the kids dental work. Oh, that's out of there. You know, they're they're young. Those teeth will fall out and grow back. You know, so so we've had to like really evaluate where we are as a family and say, okay, God, we believe that you're calling us to this, so we're going to sacrifice for this. So that's what we're talking about. We're continuing uh, to work through that. Today, I actually want us to look at a passage in, uh, in Genesis and in Matthew. We're going to look at Genesis 1. So if you have your Bibles, I, I invite you to, to turn there to Genesis 1, uh, starting in verse 28. Um, do we have the stewardship definition up there? Can we throw it up on the screen? This is a, a definition that, uh, that we don't have the stewardship definition. Good thing I wrote it down. Uh, the definition of a steward, Billy had this last week. A steward is someone entrusted 
with another's wealth or property and charged with the responsibility of managing it in the owner's interest. Is it in the flyer there? Thank you, Roy. So it's, it's in your flyer, the definition of a, of a stewardship. Love that definition, man. When I read that, it was just kind of a, a kick in the teeth of like, wow, God, look at all that you've placed me to be a steward over. And in reality, it's, it's for someone else's best interest. So I have this, but I'm representing you. And even beyond that, stewardship just isn't about, um, the, about this place and the opportunities we have here. When we go into our workplace, we have an opportunity to steward there, right? I'm a property manager. That's what I do. So I have to make choices reflecting in investors and owners. And I have to choose in their best interest what choice should we make? Should we buy that? Should we fix this? Should we raise rent? You know, do any, any of those things? And so that, that definition like resonated with me. And, and so I've been able to, I've tried to go home and say, okay, my family, am I stewarding, you know, my, my, my helpmate well that God has created to come alongside me? Am I stewarding my children well? Stewarding uh, my finances, my home? Uh, what about my gifting as a church, we're the body and we all have different gifting. Am, am I using my gifting for God's glory? Am I, am I stewarding those things? When you uh, ask, uh, when you look up uh, in the New Testament, uh, Paul, when it references stewardship, he talks about himself being a steward of grace. So he saw himself as a steward of God's plan. And he wanted to make sure that he was stewarding that well. And that's something that we all can identify with because as followers of Christ, we are called to steward God's grace to steward his plan. So that's what we're going to be talking about. The big idea of stewardship here starting in Genesis 1. And we're just going to work through a couple of passages and uh, it'll be killer. So you guys there? Genesis 1. I know it took a long time to find it. It's the beginning. Genesis 1, 28 says, and God blessed them. Talking about Adam and Eve. He just created them in the garden. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the living things that move on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So the first covenant that we see uh, between God and mankind is a covenant of stewardship. He says, I want you to be fruitful and multiply. Score, love that part. I want you to take dominion and subdue the earth. Once again, killer. And we're not going to read it. As you read chapter 2, one of their conditions as part of this covenant is, I want you to steward over everything. You can have all of the, the fruit for, for food. You can eat. But there's this one tree. You guys know the story. We went through some and we talked about this. The tree of the knowledge and good and evil. There's this one tree. You can have all of this, but I don't want you to eat of this tree. And the tree's right smack in the middle of the Garden of Eden, so they have to see it all the time, you know? So we see that God created everything. We talked about this last week. We acknowledged him. We see that he blessed them and the things that he created, which is, I think that's a, just good for us to, to talk about for a minute. The things that God created are good things. 
You know, we're meant to be, be blessed by these things. That's what he created them for, edification. When you look at the word dominion there and subdue, uh, it would be like a, an authoritative rule over a group of people so that they would yield a service to you. So this is what he told the children of Israel to do when they went into the promised land. He said, hey, I want you to go in and subdue the people there and to use them so that they would yield a service for you. So we know that all of God's creation, all of his resources are given to us. We're to have dominion over them, and we're to use them so that they would yield a service back to us, right? That's good stuff. It's good to know that we don't have to look at everything that God said, and like, oh, you know, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. I don't know if I can have that, God. Can I have this car? Can I have that car? How big can my house be? It's not about that. It's about what you're doing with it. It's about your heart in using those resources. So I think it's good for us to kind of clarify with that. Uh, start off with that right from, right from the beginning. Um, the thing where Adam starts to go wrong is uh, Satan enters into the Garden of Eden in the form of a serpent, right? Remember the story? And he goes to Eve and he says, Hey, Eve, you know the tree that's over there? Um, do a... Uh, why don't you eat from that tree? It looks good. It looks as good as the others. And she says, no, we're not supposed to eat of that tree. Um, and he's like, well, why not? She's like, I don't know. We're just not supposed to. God told us not to. And uh, he says, you know what? If you eat from that tree, um, God knows that you'll become like him, knowing good from evil. And so they take of that fruit, and she eats of it, and she gives it to her husband, and they eat of it. And then the result of that is uh, they realize they're naked. You know, sin enters into the world. They've now separated from, from God. I think it's really interesting to point out that the serpent, Satan, came in the form of an animal. And the animals were something that Adam had very clearly been told, you are to have dominion over these things. But instead of having dominion over that resource, to have dominion over that blessing, what does Adam do? He listens to it. He allows the, the, the thing that he is supposed to be having dominion over to be using for his edification, to be using for God's glory, to now have dominion over him. And so the result of this is that sin enters into the world and Adam is cursed out of the gar Garden of Eden. You can uh, keep reading uh, in Genesis uh, 3, uh, um, 17 through 19. Uh, we see that the curse that Adam had, that Adam um, has now is that the resources themselves become cursed. We know that the, the not working doesn't become cursed, but what he has to work with. And so now he will eat by the sweat of his brow. And so this is the reality of the world that we all are born into, is that the first man that was ever created was created to be in relationship with God, and it was supposed to be this beautiful picture of how to walk with God and how to be with him. But Adam, as a poor steward of that, he chooses that... He like God, he says, God, what you've given me and what you've blessed me with is not enough for me. I need more than that. I need to be like you. I need to be you. Does anybody else, like, does that resonate with you? Do you see that in your life? Do you see that although God is given and he's given and he's blessed and is blessed, that the reality is we are just poor stewards with what God has given us. I see this in, uh, in my children all the time. Um, my two beautiful little girls are just princesses. Um, and they're evil. You know? It's just the reality. Like, like I love them. Uh, they're incredible gifts from God. 
but children are born into a very evil world, and they are the most selfish, evil things you've ever met. And it's such a good reminder of, of God. Even, like, even this morning, um, what were they fighting over in the car? Was it, uh, it was the song, it was the I Spy. Whose turn was it to play I Spy? No, it's my, t- no, it's my turn to play I Spy. And we're like, girls, really? Is it that big of a deal? The thing our girls most fight over is Coco Bear, which doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, we have a, is Coco Bear here? I think she took Coco Bear downstairs. Um, anybody know who Coco Bear is? Been over to our house? Yeah, Quinn knows who Coco Bear is. Mary Kay knows who Coco Bear is. Um, when, uh, when Natalie was born, Madison was two years old. She's my older uh, kid. And uh, my sister-in-law gave uh, a gift, you know. I'm sorry, your sister-in-law, right? At Jean, wasn't it Jean? Our sister-in-law. Gave a, gave a gift to Natalie. It would be her first stuffed animal. And it was this little bear called, it was a little bear. It didn't have a name at the time. Uh, Madison was two. When she saw the bear, she claimed it as hers. And we're like, well, hang on, like, that was given to Natalie, but Natalie's too young to really know the difference, so you can have Coco Bear. Um, Coco Bear has been the bane of our existence. Like, they constantly fight over Coco Bear. And it's this little raggedy bear. And the funny thing is, like, when Madison's home, Coco Bear's got to be Madison. She carries it around, it's under her arm. If she ever lays it down or she ever leaves, Natalie, she now has Coco Bear. And so Madison's been, like, taking Cocoa Bear and shoving it in her backpack when she goes to preschool just so Natalie can't love on Cocoa Bear. What the heck, guys? Like, that's, that's us. Like, we are so selfish and self-centered with the blessings that we have. God gives us things, and we just completely up. And throughout the Old Testament, we continue to see a pattern of this happening over and over and over again, of God entering into a covenant with mankind, of wanting to bless him, of God saying, this is the best possible way that you could live in relationship with me. Just do this. And we say, well, maybe for a little while, but I want that. I want something else. We see this in Adam. We see this after the flood with God enters into a covenant with Noah to to be fruitful and multiply the earth. And then where do they wind up? The Tower of Babel, them building a kingdom unto themselves. We see this with Abraham. We see this with Moses entering entering into the promised land. We see this in the people of Israel and God giving them the law and saying, look, this is how to walk with me. This is how to walk with my people and I will be your God. And for a little while maybe, but then their hearts go to other things and their hearts go to idols. And so that's who we are, right? And this is, this is what we're going to be talking about all month long. I know you guys are stoked about this, but we need, to, we need to pull our minds out of this, hey, we're okay and we've got it all together, and to say we're broken and God, we need you. God, I need to look at my finances. I need to look at all the things that you've placed me in stewardship over and say, okay, Father, is this lining up with what you're calling me to do? We're going to look at a specific passage in Matthew 21, if you want to turn there. It's the parable of the, of the tenants. Um, and the reason that I kind of chose this, this passage is, is I believe this is a, a good reminder to us as a church. It's okay, if, if we're supposed to be good stewards and we talked about how there's supposed to be a return on what God gives us, that's cool. What I really wanted to hit on this morning is What's the result if I'm not a good steward of what God's given me? So that's kind of the idea of, of what, what, what's the result here. We see the, re, the result for Adam 
is banishment from the garden and that work, his work becomes cursed, right? We see the result in the children of Israel that as they rebel against God, there's, there's punishment, there's kingdoms that come in and they, and they take them over and they're, and they're put into, into slavery. So there is a consequence for poor stewardship. And uh, the passage we're going to look at here is Matthew, uh, Matthew 121. It actually starts in verse 33 instead of, I think it says 31 in the bulletin. So we're going to read this passage and we'll kind of jump into it uh, as we, uh, we kind of walk through. So Matthew 21, it would have been helpful if I had turned there while I was talking about it. Matthew 21, 33 says, Hear another parable. There was a master of a house who planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a wine press in it and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went away into another country. When the season for fruit drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to get his fruit. And the tenants took his servants and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did the same to them. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and have his inheritance. And they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. When therefore the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and let out the vineyard to other tenants who would give him the fruits of their season. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the Scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it was marvelous in our, in our, in our eyes. Therefore I tell you, this is Jesus, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing its fruits. And the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. Historically, we know that Jesus is talking to the kingdom of Israel here, right? He's talking to the Jews. He's saying, you know, God is, has given you, he's called you to be his people. He's the master. He's allowed, given you this blessing, this vineyard, and allowed you to work in it. And when he's come to, to take the fruit from the labor, you've, you've beat the people that he sent. You've stoned them. You've killed them. Here he's referring to the prophets throughout the Old Testament of saying all these guys that I've sent that have said, you're to be my, my people, you've constantly killed them. So, so Jesus, looking forward into the future of what he's going to do, says he's going to send his son. And you're going to kill him. And you're going to keep everything for yourselves that I have given you. So obviously we know historically he is talking about the kingdom of Israel here. But we also know that this applies to us. Because in that passage it says, so I'm going to take it away from you and I'm going to give it to someone else. That's him giving it to the Gentiles. So he, they, it once was just for the Jews, it was just for those people. And now us, we've all been given that same opportunity to be in the vineyard, to work it, to steward it, and to do well. But the reality is, guys, that if we do not steward well what God has blessed us with, it can be taken away and given to someone else. And that's hard. Like, like that was the hardest part of studying through this and saying, God, I don't want to say that. 
I like happy God. Can we just talk about sweet Jesus? You know, do we have to talk about that? It is. If something doesn't change for us as a church, we are going to have to go somewhere else. That's just it, guys. Like, and I know that you're serving, and I know that you guys are giving and giving and giving. But God is asking for more of us. He's asking for more of our gifts and more of our talents. He's asking us to stop sitting and just viewing. He's asking us to come and be the body together and to do this thing together. And he's taking away all of our securities. He's taking away our pastor. Well, we're pastor to do something. He's not taking him away. And he's saying, now, guys, I want you to do it. I want you to rise up and do this. He's taking away that security blanket. He's taking away our finances that are this nice comfort for us and saying, okay, these people, these are who I want to do it. Look around, guys. Like, we get to look at each other. That's what's so cool about this. And the challenge that we are to be God's people and we are to take this covenant and we are to take the blessings that God has given us and we're to use them for, his, for the furtherance of his kingdom. And I truly believe, and multiple people have told me this, that God has got this incredible work. He has up until this point at Red Sea for the last eight years. But looking toward the future, as we meet and we talk about it, we get excited to think about what God is going to do in this place and the work that he wants. And he's going to do it with these people. When we first started talking about finances, and we started looking at the challenges of, like, purchasing this building. Because even though we can come up with $3,500, I don't think that's a problem for us. We're going to be able to do that. Over the next two years, we have to come up with a, a down payment on this building. And so this $3,500, we've got to keep that coming in. We've got to keep bringing this, these resources in. And we say, well, well, you know, like, I've been in you guys' houses. Like, none of us are, like... Living in mansions, you know, like there's no secret nest egg hidden away somewhere that we're like, oh, maybe I can give the church from that. But I believe these are the people, it's us that God has chosen and he wants to use us. And, and I believe that, that he can, uh, he can do that. But it's going to start at us saying, okay, look at what I've been given and what am I doing with that? I think a real good reminder for that is Matthew 6, uh, 19 through 21. Royce threw this verse out this week and it's been a huge conviction for me. Matthew 6, 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where the thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Ah, stand verses like that. So I have to sit there and look at my plasma and say, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, and I have to look at all of my, my financial decisions that I'm going to make and, and say, really, is this, is this the best choice in stewarding God's resources? That's what God's calling us, calling us to do as a church. Uh, I love toward the end of that passage, uh, Jesus quotes Psalm 119. He talks about the stone that the builders rejected. And then he talks about how this stone is going to crush you. This idea that, that you are here to be a steward of God's plan and God's grace for many of us, that is going to crush us. Because we do not want to do that. We don't want to say, okay, God, you're the master. All things are yours. 
And just as Satan in Genesis 1 came and crept in, he slithered into the garden in a way that would seem pleasing, another animal, and he worked his magic there, and he caused mankind to sin, and he led them to temptation. That is happening in our church right now. And in our hearts, Satan is finding a way to create disunity in us as a family. And so we have to guard against that. We have to constantly look at, at the choices that we're making and at our bitterness and, and the, the challenges that we're moving forward and saying, God, I trust in you and I depend on you and I will not allow Satan to have reign in this situation. I will not allow him to create disunity in my family because that's going to happen. It's going to happen more and more and more over the next few months. As we step out in faith and what God is calling us to do, it's going to get harder and harder and harder. But the good news, this is what's great. Beginning in Genesis 3.15, we see God preparing a way for us. We see that as soon as Adam sins, and sin enters into the world, and he's separated from God, that God says, I have a plan to redeem you. And throughout the scriptures, over and over again, covenant, mankind sins, and God comes in and he redeems them. And he uses them for his glory over. And that gives me hope because I'm a sinner. I look at the bad choices that I've made. I look at the poor stewardship that, I, that I've had. And then I look to the scriptures and I find comfort in knowing that God has prepared a way. And how did he do that? This table back here, guys. This is the representation of what, as followers of Christ, that we're here to do. And I'm sorry I'm walking around. But in a moment, we're going to get to come to this table. And we're going to get to take this bread, the, the body of Christ that was broken for us, and we get to remember. I'm mutilating that. We get to remember that Jesus Christ came and he paid the penalty for that sin. That I have been made right with my God. And I'm going to take that bread and I'm going to dip it in the juice and I'm going to say, God, thank you for redeeming me. Going forward, Father, I want to be your people and I want to walk in obedience to you. And then we get an opportunity to after do that, to turn and to look at these buckets and say, okay, this is where the rubber meets the road. You know, I, I love this part, but the reality is, is right here in these two buckets for us as a church. And I say, God, am I, going, am I going to trust you? And so over the next two weeks, this is what we're going to continue to talk about. We're going to talk about gospel, gospel giving over the next two weeks. And, and really start asking some of those hard questions about what does it mean to give. And so today... I just want to challenge you guys, as we go into this time of worship and we go into this time of, of, uh, of breaking bread and having communion, to examine our hearts and to examine our lives and examine our treasures, because as Matthew 6 said, where my treasure is, there my heart will be also. And then from that, we can give, and we can give sacrificially. We can give to the point that it hurts. And I just want to challenge you guys and and encourage you to do that. So, um, like I said, the, the glass bowl is back there. Uh, please, guys, you know, join with us in, in doing this. And then as you leave this place today, we have jobs that we're going to go to. We have needs in this church of, be, of ability to, to serve. We have neighbors that need to be, to be reached out to. 
And so let's go and let's be God's people. Let's represent the master this week. I ask you to join me in prayer. We're going to have our, our worship team come up, and we're just going to spend some time together singing as the body of Christ and offering up our lives in worship to him. Father, I thank you that, that although we have this pattern of being poor stewards with your blessings, that you do want to redeem, Father, and that you have redeemed us. I thank you that we can go before the cross and we can, we can go before you and we can confess and say, Father, I, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against my family. I've sinned against my church. I want to be, be redeemed and I can be made right in your eyes, Lord God. Pray you would move among us as a church. We look forward to the future of what you're going to do in this place. We thank you for your blessings. We acknowledge you as the giver of all things pray that we would steward those things, that we would represent you and we would honor you with your blessings. We ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Red Sea Church. If you would like more information about Red Sea, including more audio messages, please go to our website at www.redseachurch.org. If you would like to contact Red Sea, you can email us at info at redseachurch.org.